0: So, John, who was your least favourite teacher in high school?
1: Well, for legal reasons, I'm obviously not going to name any names. <laughs> but um, there was definitely a few. I don't think there were any who had, like, a personal vendetta against me mm-hmm. in the way that this film seems to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was one who was a fair old racist and spent a lot of time teaching us about how the Western world shouldn't give aid to, like, African countries that were mm-hmm. having, like, droughts and famines and diseases because that's just nature's way of keeping populations down. Hmm which was, um, in retrospect, a very disturbing thing to try and teach to young children. Yeah, Um, I can see
0: that he taught you well, because that's rubbed off quite a lot.
1: I mean, I am now a notorious racist, yes, Mm. and a white supremacist. He he was also very scary. He used to insist that we all work in silence, and we'd all be writing down essays or whatever, and he'd be, like, leaning back in his chair, you know, the way people do. Mm. And uh, in one lesson, in a deadly silent, like, test environment, he was leaning backwards, and his chair fell over, and he fell right over backwards, (laughs) legs right in the air. (laughs) And he got up. Everyone was so shocked because he was the scariest teacher. So he'd utterly humiliated himself. So obviously people, there was nervous laughter. And then he just got up and he sat down, didn't say a thing. Just sat there, like folded his arms and just stared for the rest of the lesson. And there's like 45 minutes left of the lesson. Didn't say a word. Nobody dared to speak. The bell rang for lunch break. Mm -hmm. He didn't move. He didn't say a word. We all just sat and stared. Everyone was terrified. (laughs) About 10 minutes into lunch, Mm. someone very brave, not me, stood up and very slowly kind of started walking towards the door. Mm -hmm. And then as he got to the door, this teacher, who should remain nameless, turned to him and said, oh, goodbye then. And then everyone else got up and left. And it was never spoken of again. (laughs) (laughs) He was truly terrifying. Wow. Oh, that's great. That was my aspiration. (laughs) Well, not the racist part, just the scary part. Not the
0: racist part or the falling off the chair part, but just having that level of fear. Yes. Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Mm. I think you can get there.
0: I'll enjoy the rest of the podcast where I will not be saying a word. Oh, great! I'll be staring <laughs> at you intently. <laughs> that
1: would be great for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hello everybody, welcome to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we are pitching prequels, sequels and spin-off ideas to the 90s satire election. We'll also be pitching some drinking games and hearing from our listeners with the ideas they have posted on our Facebook and Twitter pages. But first, we're going to talk about some of our favourite moments from the original movie and catch you up with its plot summary. I'm Harry, the host with the most... Oh God. (laughs) ...body fat. (laughs) And joining me as always, the host with mm, slightly less body fat, but still
1: some, it's John Lucas. I can live with that intro. That's cool. <laughs> it started off in a place and then it went to a place I quite liked. <laughs> I'm
0: sure it'll vary. Yeah. Looks uh. like your body mass. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and clearly yours too. Oh, wow. Okay. So election. Election, yes. Your, cho- your choice, John. Uh, this was my choice, yes. Yeah, I'm going I'm I'm to say good film. Well done. Thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed this. I, I suspected you might yeah. enjoy this. Yeah. Yeah, this is fun.
1: I've not watched this in a very long time.
0: I... Wasn't expecting anything from this. I really didn't know what what I was in for. Mm. I wasn't sure if, like, is this just going to be a, a political campaign film? Like, that doesn't sound very fun. Mm. Also, you said, like, it's thematic because there might be a British Lexington soon. Mm. And I was like, so this is Brexit, the movie? Like, this, <laughs> yeah, this isn't, no... And I saw Matthew Broderick, I was like, "Mm, this still doesn't bode too well. Reese Witherspoon, okay, I'm in, I'm in. I
1: know that she means business, especially in a film of this age. Well, this was Reese Witherspoon's real breakout performance. Like, this is the thing that made... It wasn't the first thing she did that made her, like, well-known. She'd done Cruel Intentions Mm -hmm. and Pleasantville. Do you know Pleasantville? Mm -hmm, She'd done those, but it was before, like, Legally Blonde or Mm. Walk the Line or all the things. So this is one of her big, like, breakout performances. Mm. And uh, justifiably so, because she's. Very funny in this. Yeah. And very, very good. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. As is Matthew Broderick. Yes. I've realised now, because we joked about how Matthew Broderick is like the mm. most average. It's <laughs> not the most <laughs> average actor. That sounds like it's a comment on his talents. But he, he's just. He, he, he's plain. <clears throat> he's, he's just. Average straight white man. He is very much that. And so, for me, I think he doesn't really work as, like, a romantic lead or, like, a no, hero. Because no. you just don't buy it. But when he's That's playing... That's why Godzilla film never worked. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that kind of thing, exactly. And was... I can't remember now. Was he, was he kind of supposed to be the hero in Cable Guy? Or was um, he a bit more complicated than that?
0: No, I think he was just supposed to be normal person.
1: Which he can kind of get away b- with. Bouncing
0: you. off Jim Carrey. Yeah. Which works. And, like, he wasn't happy about it. And that works fine.
1: Yeah, exactly. So he yeah. can do that. But I like him the most when he's playing quite pathetic Mm. people. Mm -hmm. Like, and he's, in this film, he is pathetic Mm. in a way that is really enjoyable. Yeah. And then he did another film around the same time called You Can Counsel Me, which is quite similar, where he again plays a, like a bank manager who's just really petty. Mm -hmm. And it's it's kind of similar. So these, these are the broader performances that I really like. And I think it's a very good, yeah, a good, good cast on the whole. But Mm -hmm. those two in particular are fantastic.
2: Mm.
3: Ethics are rules of conduct.
2: Tracy Flick. Tracy Flick. I'd seen a lot of ambitious students come and go over the years, but Tracy Flick, she was a special case.
3: Some people say I'm an overachiever, but I think they're just jealous. My mom always tells me I'm different, you know, special. And if you look at all the things I've accomplished so far, I think you'd have to agree.
1: Okay, do you want to give us a plot summary then? Sure, yeah. So, Election was directed and written by Alexander Payne, mm-hmm. who also is responsible for films we've done in the past. Well, I think Sideways is the only one of his we've done in the past. Yeah. But he also did About Schmidt, The Descendants, Citizen Roof, which is a really good underrated film, and a film that we haven't done on this podcast, but that we did on Beyond Beyond the Box Set, which is, of course, Downsizing. Oh. So, he's hit miss. Yeah. He's definitely, he has highs, he has lows, you know. Mm-hmm. This, for me, is definitely a high for him. Mm. It's, it's early in his career. So, yeah. He always does these very good, like, character studies. Like, when they work. Like, it's sideways for me. I know people have different opinions on It, it is a very good, like, character-driven film about these characters who are a bit again, a bit pathetic. Not as pathetic mm. as these characters, but, you know, certainly not 100% likable in many ways. Yeah. But it's just, you just enjoy going on the road with them. I think when we did Napoleon Dynamite a couple of weeks ago, I was saying how I struggled a bit with that film because I didn't like anyone in it. Mm-hmm. And... This is the kind of film when I was talking about... And again, it's just a personal taste thing. Where there's not anyone... Well, there are likeable characters in this, but the main two characters, Matthew Broderick and Reese Witherspoon, are both awful human beings. Yes. But they're still fun to watch because... Well, I found
0: that as the film went on, it kind of makes you realise that Reese Witherspoon isn't that awful a human being. Well, yeah, we'll get into that completely. yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, she's not a villain particularly. No. But she's not a good person either, though. Like, she definitely has, you know... He's worse. He is she, a she, she, she terrible not, human she being. Not... I mean, this is a big debate. Like, Tracy Flick, the character mm-hmm. Rhys Witherspoon plays, is genuinely an iconic character. Mm-hmm. The character has her own Wikipedia page. Not <laughs> And, like, there's only this one film. There's not yeah. there's the whole franchise around her. It's come to, like, represent, you know, this idea of, like, why women often struggle in, like, politics and in business. And, like, mm-hmm. how women who aren't, quote-unquote, likable aren't... Mm-hmm aren't given up many opportunities to succeed. Hillary Clinton is constantly compared to this character. Like, when she was running for president mm. a couple of years ago, like, everyone was like, oh, Hillary Clinton, she's Tracy Flick. You know, mm. she wants it too badly. Yeah. It's that. And yeah, that's very unfair. And absolutely, she's not... I mean, we'll get into it as we talk about the plot. Mm-hmm. But absolutely, she's nowhere near as bad as Matthew Broderick's character, who is no. just just an awful, awful person. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? <laughs> but it's so, but in, done in such a good way. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah fantastic way, yeah. yeah. What was that bit at the start when he was emptying out the fridge?
1: Like, was he just making space? What, uh, yeah, was, I think was, it's...
0: Was, was he throwing away other people's food or was he, like, emptying out old food from the fridge?
1: No, he was definitely throwing out other people's food, but also old food. I mean if you've ever worked in, like, an office scenario, especially Mm. in, like, a big office, that is a constant source of stress when, like, Mm -hmm. people just leave food in the fridge and it gets really annoying. Yeah. that guy.
0: But it didn't look like he was doing it in an official manner. Oh, no. Because, like, also, I'd be even more annoyed if somebody threw out my lunch. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like, I brought in my lunch, somebody deemed it not worthy and then just threw it in the bin. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, one of the things that I found really entertaining about this film is that, obviously, this film has a lot of voiceover. It's got... Mm. Four different characters all doing voiceover at a set various points. You've got mm-hmm. Matthew Broderick, Reese Witherspoon, Chris Klein, and Jesse, the sister. They mm-hmm. all have their own narratives. Yeah, but normally when you get narration in films like voiceovers, it's like, oh, here is the film telling you what it really means. Mm-hmm. Whereas this film, like, they're either lying mm-hmm. or they're just delusional. Mm-hmm. And I think he's definitely a mix of the. He's definitely the most delusional. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so he obviously thinks he's like this really nice guy and everyone likes him. And, but mm. I bet people, well, you can tell people don't like him mm. probably because he goes into the class f- first thing in the morning and throws everyone's food away. Yeah. You know, you see, cause you get that great callback when the janitor walks past and sees he's throwing food it's on the fantastic floor. Fantastic callback. It's an amazing callback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just gives him this dirty look and walks on. Like, yeah. So you can tell he's not, I don't think he is supposed to be particularly like well liked. Mm. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but he paints this picture of himself as being this, like, amazing teacher who everybody loves and who he just loves to teach. But obviously, as the film goes on, you see how he's just a huge phony in many ways, like, Mm. and doesn't care at all about the kids, it seems. But he certainly hates Tracy.
0: Yeah, I liked his hate for her because it was pretty much just, like, she's going to do really well in life and get Mm. everything handed to her on a silver plate because she's that kind of person, so I'm Mm. not going to let that happen. Mm -hmm. And, like, Cool, I can see why this is a straight
1: white man's point of view. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like he really resents her, but it's like he's he's her teacher. Like he's Mm. it doesn't seem like he's in any way interested in like making her a better person, which is his job as Mm. a teacher. Like I can understand because she is very hyper ambitious and she is quite ruthless and not very not in many ways not a very nice person, Mm -hmm. but she's also a kid. Yeah. And it's like I can see why him saying, Well, you know what, rather than let her run unopposed for election, maybe it would be healthy for her to actually experience some competition i could see that that's fine but his way of going about it is not to try and teach her any valuable lessons it is mm. just he wants to humiliate and destroy her yeah and that is clear from very early on the film like he, yeah. just, he just really hates her yeah
2: <laughs> the sight of tracy at that moment affected me in a way i can't fully explain part of it was that she was spying but mostly it was her face Who knew how high she would climb in life? How many people would suffer because of her? I had to stop her. Now.
1: So, yes, basically, before the events of this film, Reese Witherspoon's character, who is supposed to be like 15, 16 years Mm old, another teacher in the school who was Matthew Broderick's best friend, Mm -hmm. basically had a relationship with her, Mm -hmm. and they slept together, and then he got found out and he got fired understandably so and then his wife divorced him and then he moved away and it turns out that Matthew Broderick kind of resents Reese Witherspoon's character for what happened to his friend. Mm-hmm. Like He never really says it out loud, but that's obviously, he obviously does kind of yeah, like yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. And he just doesn't like her very much. She rubs him up the wrong way. She's too enthusiastic. She tries too hard. Mm-hmm. And she's running for class president, which is a very American concept that we don't really have here, I don't think. No, and I can see why. Yeah, because I don't think it's healthy. <laughs> no. I, I understand teaching kids about democracy, I'm but. Like when I, it
0: gets to the end and the other character that you're going to get to, mm-hmm. he's like, well, you know, I now got class president, but I did get prom king and mm. like uh, home King. Like,
1: why are there these positions? American schools just seems to be a constant parade of popularity contests. Yeah, yeah, it sounds awful. Yeah, we don't really do that in Britain. No. I think we realise that that's just not good for kids' self-esteem, unless they're right at the top. Mm. Anyway, so Reese Witherspoon's character, Tracy Flick, mm-hmm. she is running for class presidents, unopposed. She's the only person running. And Matthew Broderick finds that idea quite disturbing, and so he convinces a popular, rich jock kid, played by Chris Klein, mm-hmm. uh, to run against her. Yeah. To give us some competition and hopefully to kind of knock her down a peg or two. And then the film kind of follows those two characters as they campaign for their various Mm elections. Well, you've jumped over an entire character.
0: Oh, okay. Yes, Sorry. There's a third candidate. Chris Klein's brother,
1: who I think is the best character in the film. Oh, no. She was great. Well, we'll get to it all after the when we talk about favourite moments. But yes. Oh, sorry. There's also a third candidate running, which is Chris Klein's character's sister, Mm. Tammy, I think she's called. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Who is only running to get back at her brother because... She was in a relationship or had a massive crush on mm. another girl in school, her, her best friend, mm-hmm. who then dumped her and then got with Chris Klein instead. Mm. And Chris Klein is clueless at all of this. He doesn't realise that that's... I mean, he's comedically clueless in the whole yeah. <laughs> thing. Yeah. And he doesn't realise that his sister even has like, an axe to grind against him or why she would possibly be resentful. But anyway, she runs like, as well to kind of go against him and to, also against her former best friend, who um, is now kind of running his campaign. Mm-hmm. So basically, you've got Tracy Flick standing on a very kind of... I've done all the hard work so I deserved this mm-hmm. ticket. Chris Klein running on a I'm the most popular kid everyone mm-hmm. loves me ticket. And then the sister Jessie running on a fuck this shit who gives a shit. Which everybody ticket. loves. Which, every- <laughs> which really everybody loves and turns everyone yeah. around. Yeah. So it's these three different kind of approaches to politics based in high school. Mm-hmm. And then Tracy Flick has a bit of a tantrum at a certain point in the film and rips down a bunch of Chris's posters mm-hmm. but she doesn't get caught because Jessie finds out that she did it she sees her throwing the posters away but she takes the fall for it she pretends she did it because she wants to get expelled so she can go to Catholic school oh,
0: is that where she wanted to do that she it? yeah
1: because you see her on the football pitch mm. watching all the Catholic schoolgirls mm-hmm. playing football and she's like I want in on that yeah and so she decides she wants to get expelled got it yes um, so she gets expelled and it ends up just being Chris Klein versus Tracy Flick I can't remember what Chris Klein's character was called, I'm afraid. No. <laughs> um, Paul, I think, maybe? Is it Paul? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Anyway, it goes down to the wire. She wins by a single vote, mm-hmm. helped by the fact that sweet, sweet Chris Klein can't even bring it in him to vote for himself, so he mm-hmm. votes for her. Mm-hmm. Matthew Broderick is responsible for counting the votes with some of the students, and when he finds out that she's won, he just can't hack it. He's already had a bad day because mm-hmm. his marriage has fallen apart because his affair has been exposed. He's been oh, yeah. by a wasp. Yeah. Which we'll get to. <laughs> um, so he throws two... Ballot paper's away, so it looks like Chris Klein won by one point. Yeah. First crushing Tracy Flick's dreams. Mm -hmm. But then he gets found out Mm -hmm. and ultimately fired, and Tracy Flick goes on to become the president, and he loses his job.
0: Uh, I liked that he moved to Washington for whatever reason and then did actually bump into her, kind of. Mm.
1: And it's a fantastic reaction as well. It's just so pathetic. I keep saying that word pathetic, but it's so perfectly pathetic at the end. Mm. She obviously does well because she's the kind of person was going to do well in life mm-hmm. and he sees her like working for the government or something or for a, a politician and mm. you still get his voice over and he's like oh i'm so much happier now i've got a new relationship and a new job mm. i don't even think about those days anymore and i've grown so much <laughs> who the fuck does she think she is yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and there's just the the utter tragicness of him just flinging his milkshake at her and then just running away into the distance mm. it's just great yeah
2: <laughs> very good I'll never know if she saw me, probably not. But in that moment, all the bad memories, all the things I'd ever wanted to say to her, it all came flooding back. My first impulse was to run over there, pound on her window and demand that she admit she tore down those posters and lied and cheated her way into winning that election. But instead, I just stood there and I suddenly realized I wasn't angry at her anymore. I just felt sorry for her. I mean, when I think about my new life and all the exciting things I'm doing, and then I think about what her life must be like, probably still getting up at five in the morning to pursue her pathetic little dreams, it just makes me sad. I mean, where is she really trying to get to anyway? And What is she doing in that limo? Who the fuck does she think she is?
1: And that's pretty much the plot. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah. But the most fun of this film is just all the stuff that happens around that as it's happening, because Mm -hmm. it's just a a very well-written, very funny film. Mm, yeah. What were some of your favourite moments? Hmm, Well, I particularly liked all the election speeches. Yes. Oh that was the, that's one of the great scenes. They right? they,
0: they were they were great because they all perfectly summed up everybody. Absolutely. Tracy Flick's very much just like I believe in this and and, th- and this amazing thing and this and ev- everybody should be equal mm-hmm. and you know we'll all live happily ever after mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah.
1: It's like she's very much rehearsed how to write a political speech. Exactly. It's like, yeah. It's very like soulless but professional.
0: Okay. Yeah. Mm. And then the other guy um who I've forgotten even the actor's name so I'm going to call him Chad because that First client Cool. So, Chad then does a speech, which okay, is... he's just Chad now, fine. Which, you know, he's clearly pre-written, and then he's just reading off a sheet, and his... I mean, I wasn't listening to the speech. No. I, I find it difficult to listen to, as I'm sure mm. was the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just puts um, his head
1: right down, and just like... He's got this pre-written speech, mm. and he just does it all in this he, flat he, monster. He reads it with no commas, no
0: full stops, yeah. Mm. and uh, yeah, it's no good, and he looks up, and you know, he looks a bit too early. His name rags out on the microphone nobody can really hear him and people are like yeah cool (laughs) like he got a great applause when he came on but nothing afterwards yeah Uh, the opposite of
1: what happens to his sister
0: yeah she then comes on gets taunted at the start because I
1: guess she got bullied because she's weird she's different she seems not to have many friends or any friends
0: yeah and then she just pulls out a banger of a speech (laughs) hers is absolutely the best (laughs) yeah it's great she because she's just like fuck this i don't care do whatever you want neither do you let's be honest you don't care this thing's crap anyway nobody wants to be here so let's just get this over and done with and i would drop the mic if i could yeah and uh, then she just walks away to rounds of applause and gets kicked out the election because the teachers are scared that she's broken the system pretty much yeah
3: who cares about this stupid election it doesn't matter who gets elected president of Carver. Do you really think it's going to change anything around here? Make one single person smarter, or happier, or nicer? The only person it does matter to is the one who gets elected. The same pathetic charade happens every year, and everyone makes the same pathetic promises, just so they can put it on their transcripts to get into college. So vote for me, because I don't even want to go to college. And I don't care. And as president, I won't do anything. The only promise I will make is that if elected, I will immediately dismantle the student government so that none of us will ever have to sit through one of these stupid assemblies again. For
1: me who cares? don't vote at all so okay here's a question based on the free campaigns before she gets kicked out who would you have voted for um probably her i think mm. i don't know though i mean this the thing is this film is obviously B- like B- before the speeches
0: yeah it's difficult to say because like you wouldn't know anything before the speeches
1: no true exactly it's but, like, I think this film is very interesting from a political perspective, obviously, about, like... Because it, it's obviously, like, a satire of, like, real-world politics and mm-hmm. adult politics. And, like, obviously this film came out in 1989, so it couldn't possibly have known how the world was going to go. Yeah. But, um, basically, it's it felt to me like her speech, even though she's not a bad... She's nowhere near as... Like, a, she's not a bad character in the way that Donald Trump is a bad human mm-hmm. being. But um, that was, like, a very populist speech. She wasn't promising to make anything better. She was just saying what people wanted to hear. Yeah. And it's a great speech. Yeah. But it isn't actually, it doesn't have any substance. It's just like, fuck this shit. Mm-hmm. Vote for me to fuck shit up. Mm-hmm. Which is more or less kind of, you know, the Donald Trump approach. <laughs> yeah. And it works, you know. Uh, Tracy Flick is obviously our Hillary Clinton, you know, very mm-hmm. professional. She's got the. She's definitely the most qualified, but hard to like. Yeah. And then he's, Chris Klein is just the, the one everyone likes. But again, he doesn't really have any substance. He's not qualified for the mm-hmm. job. So, yeah. Apparently this is Barack Obama's favourite political movie. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> Who was your favourite character then? Was it her? Do you think the the sister?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I, I was quite upset that she basically got written out of it halfway through.
1: They did get rid of her, yeah. Yeah, a which was
0: a big shame, because she was the most interesting part of the film. Not that other people were boring, but mm-hmm. just she had a lot more going on, and I was just more intrigued by her as a character. Yeah. And just to see what her story entailed. But it was very quick. Like, she got expelled, and that's it, basically. We caught up with her a tad at the end, and... Mm-hmm. Everything worked out. That was it. Mm-hmm. I'd have liked to see more, like maybe she gets into Catholic school or whatever it is, and actually doesn't like it.
1: Yeah. Well, she does. We found at the end that she does like it. Yeah, but like a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah but yeah.
0: like I'd like to see the journey there. Like maybe she doesn't sure, like sure, sure. it, and something happens, mm-hmm. and you know, she does make one friend there eventually, and then that friend shows her the mm-hmm. the, the, the good ways of Catholicism or whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just something, just a bit of a journey there.
1: Yeah, I just I think it's that's not really the story the film is telling. It's more about no. how elections work and how yeah, like. Yeah. But obviously before Donald Trump, what these wild card candidates would get knocked out very quickly and then mm. get to like this quote unquote serious candidates. Close
2: the door. I tell you, that little bitch made a fool out of us. I want her out of this election. I'm kidding everybody all riled up like that. She is washed up. you understand me? She's finished. Well, we can't throw her out of the election just because we don't like her speech. That's not what student government is about. Yeah. Yeah, whatever okay
1: uh I guess should we go to some drinking games maybe? yeah sure okay so
0: the first one I've got here is drink for Reese with the spoons ever changing hair oh yes
1: <laughs> I mean i yeah i loved all the flashback wigs mm-hmm. this is, this is a great 90s hair movie definitely yeah I also enjoyed it on the subject of hair I really loved chris Klein's 90s curtains Yes. They so were. very nineties. Yep. Flashback to my childhood. Do you think you could? Uh, did you? Did you have curtains? Yeah, my brother did. Your brother did. Do you, do you reckon you could do a curtain?
0: No, my 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 hair goes too up. Oh,
1: even, is it even even, na- even, even when it's
0: long? Like it? It's practically long now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's getting a bit of. I'm it, just it, trying it, to imagine it, if you were to like wet it or something, or like you know put a bit of gel in it. Could you? Could you create that curtain effect, or is there too much of a gap in the middle, or gap in the middle? You know, a parting. Yeah. What
0: do you mean? Curtains would need a parting in the middle. Uh, sure. Well, I, could, I, I, could you I've create a can
1: can I'm, I'm asking you. Like, I, I don't think so. No. But what would stop you?
0: My hair's not loose enough. It stays oh, too much in shape to have, to have curtains. It needs to sort of fall down. Oh, a bit. I see.
1: Okay. It's just it's not flexible enough.
0: No. Okay.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. But yes, great '90s hair in this film. Mm-hmm. Drink for freeze frame. This here. film has excellent use of freeze frame. Mm-hmm. I like how it always freezes on very unflattering yes. um, angles of people. Like, very bad faces. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, the best, there's the, a very early one where Tracy Flick is in, in the middle of answering a question. He just freezes on her in a very unflattering facial position and mm. stays there for a long time while well, Matthew yeah. Broderick talks about all the reasons he doesn't like it. And it's just, <laughs> it's almost like he's editing the movie of the movie. Mm. Like, he's like, oh, this is our one, he says here. Like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think the camera work in this film is generally like. Not flashy because it's obviously a low budget film. So it's mm-hmm. not like there's loads of effect or any effects, obviously. And it's quite grainy. It's got that real nineties grainy kind of look to it. Mm. I think it was obviously shot on film. I guess, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just like the way that they do that. I like the use of the, like I said, the sex scene when the just the heads just come floating in, and it looks it looks really cheap, but intentionally so. Uh, drink every time a new voiceover is introduced. Sure, yeah. It's quite rare for a film to have four narrators. Yes, I don't it think is. I've ever seen that before. but yeah. I like it. Mm. Uh, drink for bad driving effects. Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> I love this in a 90s movie. Yeah. I love a good 90s driving sequence where it's just someone on a set in front of like a screen mm-hmm. just doing way too much steering, mm-hmm. doing far too much turning of a steering wheel yeah. know, for someone who's driving in a straight line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Always a good time. Uh, drink for torn posters. Oh yes. So there's a great scene in this film when Tracy Flick is trying to put up one of her posters mm. and the corner keeps falling down. Mm. And then she gets up on a like stands on a bin or a stool to kind of Mm -hmm. get it to put it back together slips and then rips it down and then she has the most fabulous tantrum and just starts screaming and pulling down (laughs) all of the posters yeah
0: I love that bit
1: it's a great scene Reese Witherspoon I think oh, she's a really good actress but not just being like very funny in this I think she's really good physically in this Mm -hmm. like she does a really good physical comedy performance like Mm. the way she's all really like so stiff all the time and, like, she really like, holds herself in this very, like, stiff, serious, you know, yeah, way. Yeah. but when she, like, has these tantrums and it's, or when she, like, finds out she's won when she spies through the glass and then she starts bouncing up and down all around the hall, like, mm-hmm. all of her reactions are just brilliant. Like, she's v- very good, like, physical performance. So, mm. I don't know, I thought she was really great in this. And yeah, she's no, not she someone like, She's someone I respect but not someone I'm normally that excited about but I thought in this she was really, really good.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, on the subject of posters, my next one is drink for campaign slogans okay the yeah. ones that are on the poster mm. basically because Chris's character who is, was called Paul it was Paul Meltzer mm. he had fantastic campaign slogan game I don't, whether it was him or I guess it was his girlfriend because he didn't seem like he was this much <laughs> no. all. but like Tracy Flick sort of like pick Flick or mm. vote for Flick or who cares I care like mm. know, really humorless you know yeah. but here's our I kept looking spotting more they were always really funny it was like Paul Metzler, you betsler. Yeah, that was a good. One. Paul won't drop the ball. Mm-hmm. Paul stands tall. It was just all these really amazing, yeah. maybe it was him, just all these amazing, like, cheesy rhymes that I just yeah. thought were really, really funny. <laughs> I enjoyed all of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think Jesse's were just like, vote for Jesse, who cares? Like, I don't think she even bothered. Like no. You. Um,
0: and I think the last one I've got is drink whenever a man does something wrong. Ooh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, yes, absolutely, sure. I don't think Tracy Flick is, like, innocence in this film. She's just, like, you know... Is she What does she do wrong? Well, she tears, tears down the posters. Okay,
0: yeah, she has that one... She, she has a tantrum, yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I'm not saying... No, she's absolutely hard done by in this film. But, I, you know, it's not... I don't think you're meant to think that she's this, a complete victim. I think, you know, it, it's, you know... It's one of those films where it's fun to just dislike everyone. I think the imbalance. I don't really see what's wrong that she's a poster because she's pushed
0: and pushed and pushed to her absolute limit. Sure, sure, sure. By people being absolute horrible people
1: to her. Absolutely, but if she was a little bit nicer.
0: Yeah, but it's just like saying if she smiled more.
1: Okay, okay, I see your point. Fine, yeah, okay, maybe I'm, this is my ingrained internal. Like she, she didn't do anything. She just tried hard. No, I mean, fair, the she, and, she did win and, fair know, and square in the end. Like, yeah, exactly, and then yeah. maybe maybe she tried
0: too hard to be popular, but clearly not. Mm, Because she won fair and square.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So I guess. Well, actually, one of my favorite funny details. A
0: a bitter man just tried to take that away from her.
1: That that is true, yeah. I think the thing is that, like, normally in other, like, teen films, like Mean Girls and Heathers and all those kind of films, where you've got bitchy teens versus nice people, it's teens versus teens. Mm. So it's like you can pick a side and not feel like. Whereas this film, I think what makes it interesting is that if Tracy Flick is a bit of a villain or is portrayed as a bit of a villain, like, it's not a fair fight because she's up against an adult who should know better and yep. that's why you kind of sympathize with her because he should be taking the high ground and he consistently does not take the high ground. Mm. Uh, so my last one is vote for bad sex or just vote for like, uncomfortable sex scenes. Which do you mean better. drink for bad sex? Vote for bad, yeah, I oh, Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry i just unva- I do unva- not like your campaign. <laughs> I've unveiled my campaign too fast. So. <laughs> yeah, sorry <laughs> Drink for uh- <laughs> It's a winner, who wouldn't vote for that? <laughs> Sorry, drink for bad sex scenes. <laughs> mm-hmm. which, uh, there are quite a lot A lot of Broderick sex in this film. Yeah. Yeah, there's at least three Matthew Broderick sex scenes in this film. Mm. It's more than most. Yeah, true. Just, I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing. I'm just... It's just... Probably not a good thing, to be not, honest. not a great thing. Though. No. Oh, bless him. Another thing about his character is that he obviously isn't in love with his wife anymore. No. If he ever was. And just has no interest in it whatsoever. Mm. But they're trying for a baby, so they're having sex, and he's trying, like, going off to something in his head. So he starts fantasising about his... Friend's wife at first, who he does mm-hmm. have this crush on, yeah, and then Tracy Flick kind of invades the fantasy. But mm-hmm. it seems like he's quite happy with that. Like yeah, she's yeah. saying all the, she's like saying it's like, oh well, yeah. And bear in mind, this is like a fifteen-year-old girl, so it's like this is when you realize if there was any doubt that his character is just awful.
0: Mm. <laughs> I mean, there's that scene as well where he's watching porn and it's like a... It's high school
1: porn. Yeah. very telling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone watches porn, obviously, but yeah, the scene that he's obviously watching high school porn, it's like, oh, you are a bit skeevy. Well, very mm. skeevy. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. awful. Oh, God. Oh, just
3: like that. Yeah. Fill me up. Fill me up. Oh. Yeah. Fill me up.
2: Mm. Oh, God. Just like that. Oh yeah. Fill me up.
3: God. Oh. God. Oh, <sighs> oh just god.
2: Like just like
3: that. Oh yeah. Do it, fuck Jim. Fuck oh, yeah. Do yeah. it, Jim. Just like that. Oh god. Yeah. Do it, Jim. Fill me up. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. like that. Yeah. Do it, Mr. M. Oh, Do it. Yeah. Me, Mr. M. Do, Do it. Fuck me, Mr. M. Fuck me. Fuck oh, me hard, oh, Mr. McAllister. Harder. Harder. Fuck me, Mr. McAllister. Fuck me hard. <sighs> harder. harder. <sighs> fuck me. Please?
2: So, like I was saying, things were going pretty well in my life. Okay, well, before we start pitching our sequels, mm-hmm.
0: I just want to let your listeners know that if you had fun with this episode or any of its prequel episodes, mm-hmm. should we call them? Past episodes, prequel episodes?
1: Sure, that's the way you want to go. Previous so- episodes, any previous episodes, sure.
0: Yeah. Um, then please consider becoming a Patreon of us mm-hmm. by going to patreoncom beyond the box set. So, there we run a pay as you feel system. We're different to some other Patreon people. Um, so, whatever you think we're worth is what we'll be grateful to receive, and you get all the benefits no matter what you pay, no matter what you donate. Great stuff. So these include a second episode a week of a spin-off show that we do called Beyond Beyond the Set mm-hmm. where each week we review a cinema release. Mm-hmm. These films range from anything like the latest Marvel release to even small-budget indie films, which normally we don't expect that we're going to see, and then we just kind of enjoy something brand new.
1: Well, I mean, we don't actively avoid independent releases. It's just no. that you always drag me to see the latest bloody Marvel DC piece of crap. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> sorry right, because tonight I'm taking M- it to mis-
0: Hustlers, mis- so. Mr. I'm going to lump in Marvel and DC into the same genre, because that's what they are. Yeah. All
1: right. I, I like a Marvel film, but, you know, I like variety. You
0: know? Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Well, what I'm saying is sometimes we get surprised by what we see. True, which is always fun. Yeah. yeah. And, like, how often do you look forward to a, a, a small-budget indie film? It's rare, because they don't often get announced or trailers. They don't get the same advanced. level of hype. Well, exactly, I, yeah. No, no,
1: that's it, it's, it's
0: normally, like, you read a review, and then, like, two days later, you go and see
1: it. Sure, sure, sure. Fine, okay anyway sorry sorry to interrupt please continue (laughs) um
0: so also as a patreon uh once a month you get a chance to put a 30 second advert on our main show where you can talk about anything you like can be your own podcast your business or just your favorite brand Mm. of washing up liquid i mean sure and finally, the last thing you can get, once a month, we pick a Patreon supporter to pick the film for the main show. So you can guest on it in person, guest on online, um, mm-hmm. or you can not guest at all, and we'll do it anyway. It's up to you. You're the bus. Mm-hmm. The film can be anything, as so long as it's not a sequel, and we haven't already done it. Yeah. Basically. So all that's available at patreon.com slash set.
1: Indeed. Let's see, Alex. Uh, What do you think of Jaws, which is at 97% Rotten Tomatoes?
3: I find it to be anti-shark propaganda. What do you feel about the Entourage movie, which is at a meager 33%?
0: I think they finally got Hollywood right. How about It
1: Follows, 97%.
3: Worse than your parents giving you the sex is evil talk. How do you feel about Juno, which is at 94%?
1: That would be a movie that celebrates a teenage homewrecker. Uh, How about Bewitched at 25%?
3: Best television adaptation ever put to film. How do you feel about American Hustle at a towering 93%?
1: Overwrought awards bait. Righteous Kill, 19%.
3: The movie that Michael Mann wishes he had made when he created Heat. Sounds about right. I'm Julio. I'm Alex, and we are the Contrarians.
1: As you can tell, our thing is that we rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine.
3: Regardless of what we really feel.
1: Find us on Apple
2: Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn,
3: Facebook, Twitter. We're everywhere. This is our
0: so um, I guess I go first because it's yours or whatever. I don't know. I don't
1: care. That's the enthusiasm we love in this podcast. Mm.
0: Okay, so this one—it's um, a sequel. It's going to pick up a few years later. Not. 20
1: years later, but... Okay, just some... How long are we talking? 5, 10, 15?
0: Yeah, 5 years, maybe, sort of thing.
1: So, Tracy Flick is now about 20, 25? I guess. She's not in this. Okay, fine. Okay, cool. Follow, on, follow on Matthew Bodrick. Okay, that, that's easier to imagine age-wise, because, I mean, they're both aged. It's been 20 years, but... Yeah. Obviously, the journey from 20 to 44, whatever Reese Witherspoon is now, mm. a bit different from 37 to, I guess, 50-something. Yeah. I I've mean... I've seen him recently, but... he, he
0: I, I've seen him in some recent things. He is looking his age, but... Mm-hmm. I mean just slap a wig on him. Sure, sure.
1: always our answer, just
0: wig, slap a wig. Bit of
1: makeup. Fair enough. You know. Maybe a girdle. A girdle. Is, is that
0: what is that what like William Shatner wears? Uh
1: yeah, yeah, that straps it down your body yeah. for a bit, yeah. Great. <laughs> um I assume. <laughs> yeah, you're wearing one now. <laughs> Do I look like I'm wearing one now?
0: <laughs> so it's a few years later, he's still working in a museum. He he's got good at his job. Mm-hmm. as far as we know. Okay. Um, and he's got himself a fairly decent house and also a girlfriend. Okay. He's come clean about his version of events of his previous life. You know, about his ex-wife being a, a crazy bitch and how he lost his job because some slutty student was trying to sleep with him. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah. But one day at work, um, he goes in and his boss, the curator uh, of
1: sure, the museum, museum? Yeah, sure, museum curator. That's That sounds plausible. Yeah, <laughs> I know museums
0: have creators, don't know if they're, like, the boss. Mm-hmm whatever. They announced that uh, they're going to be leaving in a few months' time. Well, they announced two things. One, they're going to be leaving in a few months' time and they're looking for somebody to take the job. Mm -hmm. Um, And also that there's going to be a few new people starting down at the bottom. There's going to be three people who come in on probation. They're all trying out for a single role.
1: I see. Okay.
0: So we introduce some new people. One of them is probably just going to be a very quiet sort of very in-themselves person who's just not going to be very good at anything really. Okay. So an introvert. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be somebody else who's Basically, the popular kid. Mm-hmm. He's just a guy who gets on with everybody. He's everybody's best friend, but when it actually comes down to it,
1: he's not very good at memorising things. Okay. I'm sensing it. You're, you're seeing a theme here, yeah. Show. So these people, like young, like early twenties, looking for their first job in the museum industry, kind of thing, like open comments. I think so, sort of early to late twenties. Because sure, also sure. cast Anna Kendrick. Oh, sure. Okay, great. Okay. Yeah. Who I looked up? She's thirty-four.
0: Let's, let's say she's late twenties. Yeah, she she can pull it off. She De- looks, definitely yeah. works. Yeah. Yeah, and so she's going to be that, and she's going to be the, the, the try hard one. Like, she's not going to be that popular, but she is going to be really good at being a talker. She's writer. our Tracy Flick. Yeah, I can see that.
1: I can it, really absolutely it, see that for her. It I works, know. doesn't it? Yeah, she could definitely play that role. Yeah. yeah. So,
0: over the coming weeks, Matthew Broderick has to tutor these people and mm-hmm. work out who's the best person to keep. Oh, is he
1: in charge of hiring one of them at the end of the season? Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess, yeah. Okay. I like this.
0: Yeah. I'm re-treading a lot here. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, you you know exactly what's going to happen, pretty mm-hmm. much. Anna is going to be really good at the role, and the other two, not so much. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Broderick is instructed that the person he needs to employ is the person who gets the most tips over their
1: probation period. Do you tip in a museum, generally? You know, I don't know. I've never tipped in a museum. Well, let's just say you do, okay. in America. <laughs> sure, I mean, in America, you tip <laughs> most places. We are notoriously stingy people here in Britain, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, you tip a tour guide like, for a city tour guide sort of thing, don't you? Sure,
0: but... So, Maybe. I've never tipped in a museum in my life. You've been to America?
1: No, I've not. Well, there you go. Well, yeah. But I've been to museums. Have you been to an American museum? Obviously not. Oh, <laughs> I've been oh, to America. Okay, fine. Fine, we'll go with it. Fine. Whoever gets the most <laughs> tips, great.
0: Yeah, so all the tips get taken and put into jars in his private office, and when the day comes for him to count them, he sees that the handsome man um, has actually earned $1 more what a shock. than Anna Kendrick. Oh, I see. So he takes $2 of Anna Kendrick's tips and pockets them.
1: Is introverted girl
0: just not even... Oh, she's not in the running. No. Not in the running at all. No. Maybe she quit or something, or I don't know. Oh, oh you, maybe, so you, you got rid of her pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, she's... Okay. So maybe she, like, couldn't hack the pace and, uh, yeah, just just resigned, like, very early on.
0: Yeah, that sort of thing. Maybe she suddenly became a bit outspoken and she was mm-hmm. like, well, I don't believe that this is how these bones should
1: be arranged or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then the curator's like, she, she's going to ruin this gig. Ooh. Maybe, maybe it turned out beneath her quiet, introverted facade, she was like, didn't believe in evolution. Ah yes, I so like then that. she had went on a yeah. whole rampage about how it didn't know this was true mm. and then got fired, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, sure. She was too Catholic. She was <gasps> too too mm-hmm. well, too religious, yes.
0: Yeah. But yeah, so because Matthew Broderick really doesn't like Anna Kendrick, he mm-hmm. he thinks that she's gonna do really well and maybe even get the curator's job, which obviously he really wants. Yes. And obviously I'm sure she
1: reminds him a lot of Tracy Flick, his mm. former nemesis. Yeah. So he's like, Right, I'm gonna stop this. I like I like that handsome guy. He mm. he's
0: nice to me. Sure. So yeah, he does that and then Who's playing the handsome guy? Um, I don't know. Who's handsome and could play 20s? Someone handsome in
1: their 20s? Dave Franco. Is he not in his... Zac Efron. Zac Efron, sure. I, I, I feel like they're both pushing first, but not there yet, but so? maybe, yeah. Anna, <laughs> Ken- Anna Kendrick's 34. True, true. Do that. Or you could have a... Lame they could all be in. 30s. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, yeah. Fine, yeah. sure. Uh, Dave Franco, fine, yeah. Yeah, just somebody, like,
0: vaguely her age. Sure. Okay. Um. I mean, doesn't need to be vaguely her age, but for the sake of storytelling, oh, does.
1: oh, oh, could it be that funny guy who is in a lot of films with Anna Kendrick? Um, oh, what's he called now? Let me. He was in a film with Anna Kendrick and Zach Efron. Seth Rogen? No. <laughs> Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Did you Did you ever see that film? Mm-hmm. Adam Devine. Adam Devine. Sure, I do recognize the name. I think he could play like a Chris Kleiny kind of you know likeable dolt, you know what I mean? Like, mm. likeable but not a lot going on upstairs. Mm-hmm. That guy. Ah, uh, yes. Who's in Glee? No, High School Musical? Pitch Perfect, I think, which is another Anna Kendrick vehicle, so, yeah. Okay, yeah.
0: I'm, sure. Pre- I'm
1: pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. So he could be that. Yeah, yeah no,
0: he's, definitely, he's got, like, de- definitely got that face. Chris Klein energy, you know. Mm, you know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he, uh, Matthew Bodrick then announces that the handsome man has, has won, okay. to which obviously Anna Kendrick is very upset. She's been mm-hmm. trying really hard at this. This is going to be her big break. She going not have to get into the museum business. <laughs> her big break into the museum industry, yeah. <laughs> uh, Now, later that day, Matthew mm-hmm. Bodrick gets called into the curator's office, where the head of CCTV is waiting. The head one... of CCTV.
1: Um... <laughs> Do maybe the head of security? <laughs> okay. I don't think it's like quite its own department. <laughs> <laughs> the head of CCTV. <laughs> There's a whole department all around CCTV. <laughs> um, as well as Anna Kendrick. Uh-huh.
0: And uh, so the head of CCTV says, you don't know me, but you know my sister. Um, she's your unhappy girlfriend. And uh, Matthew Boddock's like, what? She's not unhappy. She's fine.
1: And he's like, well, that is what you would say, because you only have listen to your own voice. Wow. So he's so self-involved that he never realised that his girlfriend's brother works in the same museum as he does. Yeah. Wow, that, that is impressively self-involved. So, mm-hmm.
0: and Matthew Boddick says, is this the work matter? Why is this happening here in the mm-hmm. curator's office? He says, well, me being the head of CCTV, which I'm, stick- I'm sticking with. Sure. <laughs> sure. Um, I've noticed that you like to mm, take a lot of women into your office, and your office has a CCTV camera. Oh, no. It's quite you doing some particularly dodgy things. Now, cheating on your girlfriend isn't a fireable offence. Um but having sex with women in work
1: isn't a fireable offence. Well, sure. Well, I don't know. Well, not by the CCTV guy. Okay, sure. <laughs> he's, um, he's, not that, he's not reached that level yet.
0: But uh, what I caught you doing earlier today is... Mm. Um, and he points at a screen which shows video footage of Matthew Broderick stealing money from Anna Kendrick's tip jar. Ah, okay. So the, curate, uh, yeah, the curate- curator says... You're really struggling with that word, aren't you? <laughs> it's
1: a difficult word. <laughs> hey, you, wrote, you wrote it in. Ah, shut up. <laughs> you could have just um, said Manager.
0: So the curator mm-hmm. says, So for stealing another employee's tips and intentionally fudging employment data, you are hereby fired. Ooh. And the circle continues. So then we cut to about five years later. This is where I've stopped writing notes. So I'm improvising. Okay, great, cool.
1: Help. Um, so we're five years on from that, okay? Yeah, about
0: five or so years later, and he's moved on to another career. Okay. And basically the same sort of thing is going to
1: happen again. Uh, okay, shall we say librarian? <laughs>
0: So he's working his way down.
1: Well, I think that yeah, it's a downward spiral. sure. Yeah. or you know, he he keeps losing jobs. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he's just working in like a convenience store. Yes. Like, he's like maybe he's like managing like a test... Well, not test, it's America, like a Walmart or something. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like yeah, if he's on a downward spiral. <gasps> oh, then
0: he can manage his old best friend.
1: Yes, maybe bring him back in. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good another good little callback in this film mm. when uh, Tracy Flick just briefly says. I wonder if he ever finished that book and he just cuts to him just like labelling prices in this in in a Walmart or something. (laughs) Yeah, that was very good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so maybe he goes on to to do that and
1: he's... um... Oh, and maybe the best friend hasn't learned anything and once again is having an affair with like an underage checkout girl. Mm, Yeah, that totally works. Yeah. And that checkout girl he develops an irrational dislike for. Of course, and the, cy- just the cycle of him continually being in these weird feuds with just like young girls just continues and continues in perpetuity, just purposes. again and again and again. Yeah, and again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just keep getting younger, and mm-hmm. he keeps getting older, and he mm-hmm. keeps getting more pathetic. Like, mm-hmm. And the jobs keep getting more like irrelevant.
0: Yeah, no, that's 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 pretty much that's it, his yeah. hell of his
1: own making. He's just constantly coming up against these women he just can't get over his sexism.
0: And I was hoping to get all the women together at one point. Okay, like um, Tracy Flick
1: and Anna Kendrick,
0: yeah. and yeah, yeah, and some sort of a team up. Um, effort, but I don't really know to what end. Mm, sure. Like, what are they going to do to him? Because, I don't know, there's not really much that they could do to him.
1: Maybe... He loses yeah. everything every time. Okay. So maybe the main film is the whole museum mm-hmm. rehash of the first film. Yeah. Then he gets fired and he starts working in a mall and mm-hmm. you see maybe the last 20 minutes of the film is you find him he's working in a generic shopping mall in some small town with his own. a traffic warden. Sure and any any kind of like slightly degrading job that yeah. like yeah he's gonna consider a bit beneath him, and like I said, there's always some young up and coming girl that he develops a fixation on mm-hmm. maybe there's like a post credit where Tracy Flick, his original nemesis, walks into that supermarket mm-hmm. or walks into that I think supermarket works better than like mm. traffic, yeah, like yeah, yeah. road, yeah, just as a customer just walks in to buy some groceries mm-hmm. and then their eyes meet and then it's like their eyes narrow and it's like the original is back, you know? <laughs> yeah, sure,
0: yeah. Yeah, no, that's that, that's totally it. Okay. Um, so yeah, instead of election, I started to call it promotion.
1: Promotion. Okay. Because that's his—he's handling promotions. Yes. And he ultimately gets demoted, in the worst sense in which he is fired. So. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Very good. I like it. So my idea—I've gone for a direct sequel. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I love this title, but what I've come up with is election to becoming Tracy Flick. Hmm. So if I think of anything better, I might reject that, but. Mm. Anyway, this is actually set in 2019, so it's 20 years after the events of the original film. Sure. We're bringing Reese Witherspoon back, Mm -hmm. back from Big Little Lies. So, for the past 20 years, Tracy Flick has been working very steadily in politics. Yeah. At a, like, a state level in... So, I'm not saying she's running for president. The original film is set in Nebraska, and I think at the end of the film, she's working for, like, a politician in Nebraska, basically. Mm -hmm. I think that's how it's supposed to end. So, yeah, she's been working for 20 years, just kind of climbing up that ladder, just overachieving putting a lot of hard work in and she's dedicated her life to working as like a campaign manager and a political strategist and Mm -hmm. all these important roles basically and she's very good at her job Mm -hmm. and now that there's a new election coming up in 2020 she's determined that this is going to be her time to finally get her shot at running for governor of Nebraska Mm. so state governor a very high ranking political role unfortunately while she is extremely hardworking and very good at her job she still isn't exactly a people person, and people still kind of don't really like her very much. Mm-hmm. So while she's easily the most qualified to run for governor in her party, the organizers who make those decisions are worried that she's just not likable enough to win over the voters when it comes to the election. So they hire a PR team to give her a more people pleasing image makeover. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking we'd have a lot of fun with um, like the idea that she, you know, she's very straight laced and kind of quite stiff, and you know, not a lot of fun this image makeover consultancy team comes in to try and force her to be, like, more normal and natural and nice, which she doesn't take to very well. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking the image consultants can be played by Kristen Wiig and Kate McKinnon. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. They'd be be a fun duo. Yeah. Have been before, can be again. And so they're these two image consultants who are brought in to give her this kind of enforced makeover. So the first thing they do is try and, like, soften her image. She still has the same kind of sensible 90s haircut that she's had for, like, 20 years, just kind of quite short and a little bit curly at the back. Mm. That's, like, her signature. So they encourage her to, because it's like a a middle, midwestern state, they encourage her to kind of get a, a more of a blow dry, like a big, boofed up blow dry kind of hair. Mm -hmm. And instead of the kind of sensible suits and pencil skirts that she always wears, they put her in brightly coloured jackets and jeans, which she (laughs) does not. Yeah. I can't, I don't think this character would like being in jeans. No. no, Just imagine like Reese Witherspoon's character in this film, but given like ridiculously big hair. Loads, lots more makeup, obviously, mm-hmm. bright dresses and jeans, just trying mm-hmm. to make her look like, oh, I'm just a regular everyday working mom. <laughs> you know, right? And she really does not like this in the slightest, but yeah. she reluctantly goes along with it because she does understand that this is what it takes to win. And as we discovered in the first film, she would do anything to win because that's what she cares about. Mm-hmm. She's also in a fairly passionless marriage with a kind of a wealthy lawyer that she met after college. And they have one daughter who they sent away to a very elite private school. And so she very barely sees her. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that's that's what she'd be like. She'd be very like she'd send her daughter off to do you know to be a high achiever and not mm-hmm. be the most paternal person in the world. Yeah. So these uh, these image consultants they kind of bring the daughter back and they force them to try and come across as more of like an, a down to earth, happy, connected family, which none of them really get on board with in the slightest. <laughs> yeah. You know? So it, it's trying to paint her as this like typical working mom who just happens to want to be a politician, which is everything that everything that Tracy Flick is not. Yeah. So the first half of the film is just going to be her like attempts at this makeover which are very unconvincing and that she's not very happy with us all. Mm-hmm. But she does it. You know, she reluctantly goes along with it and she does manage to secure the nomination to run for governor for her party. But shortly afterwards she's horrified to discover that her main opponent from the opposition party is actually going to be Chris Klein. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. After high school he returned to his football career you know, once his leg healed up. Mm-hmm. And then he became a popular TV sports pundit at the local level. Like mm-hmm. a local TV sports pundit. Who, so he's like, everybody loves him. He's still got like zero political experience apart from that one time he ran against Tracy back in high school. So mm-hmm. he's utterly unqualified just as he was the first time around. Mm-hmm. But he's well liked. He's got a beautiful wife. He's got three kids. He's the picture of like the voter friendly family man. So he's like, once again, history's repeating itself. Everyone loves him. People don't like her very much. And she's just horrified by the idea that it's all going to come round again, basically. Yeah. So then she starts like scheming and trying to figure out ways to undermine him, and then they're running this campaign, and he's just obviously being very sweet and clueless and nice, whereas she's kind of trying to dig up dirt on him, of which there is absolutely none, because he's just <laughs> the nicest person in the world, mm-hmm. and it's making her very frustrated. And then even worse, as the campaign kind of evolves... Matthew Broderick comes out of the woodwork Ooh. and announces... He's still, like, working some nothingy job, mm-hmm. but he announces that he is... Because at the end of the film, it was mentioned how the story of the electoral fraud became, like, a novelty news story that went all over the States and became, like, mm-hmm. a, one of those weird little things. So he announces that now that the two of them are, like, in the public eye again, running for governor, he's going to write a tell-all book about how Tracy Flick ruined his career. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of similar to your one, it's like, that. it's all from... From his perspective, she's the bad guy. And yeah. so he's writing this book that's going to be very unflattering to her. And she's obviously very concerned about this. And she really needs to get ahead of this scandal. Mm. And that's as far as I wrote. So I also need a I need a finish for this, really. Um, but I think the idea is that it's reuniting the three main characters. Mm-hmm. I don't know, is, is there room for Jessie in this? I don't think she's going to run. Maybe she's not... She could be somebody on the side, just sort of down with this sort of thing. Actually, yes. She could be like a crazed environmental protester. Yeah. You know, what are they like? You've got
0: space for a hacker. In this. A hacker? What's she... Could she rig an election?
1: Ooh, okay. So is she's Tracy working, Flick going to hire her? She's for the Russians. Well, I, I'll, I'll say, <laughs> she
0: hacked Facebook.
1: She is Cambridge Analytica. She, okay, <laughs> calm down. Last <laughs> <laughs> well, again, maybe Tracy Flick goes on the dark web to hire an agency to like dig up dirt on Chris Klein. It turns mm-hmm. out that his sister is actually the foremost like hacker. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, they end up working together even though they don't like each other. Mm-hmm. And then maybe she feels bad about betraying her brother, but... Tracy flip bribes her, and so, I don't know. Yeah, that works. Maybe she has, the, like, a change of heart at the end and unmasks Tracy. hmm I don't know. But yeah, I guess that brings all of the characters back together. But I just think it'd be funny to have a like, rerun, but on like a national elections, because it's just, like all sequels, it's just bigger and... Bigger and badder. Bigger and badder, yeah. yeah. And Oh, and I was also thinking that maybe Tracy's husband is, like, a closet gay. Mm-hmm. And she didn't really care before, because she wasn't really interested in yeah. the relationship. But now it's threatening to, like, come out, because, like... Oh,
0: does he divorce Tracy and get with
1: uh, Chris Klein. Ooh, that'd be a good twist. Everybody loves Chris Klein. Everyone does love Chris Klein, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really see him as being like a closet gay, though. Well, sure, but maybe he's just like, oh, okay, whatever, yeah, great. He's very easily talked into it. He's, yeah. he's just talked into it, yeah? yeah. Oh, okay, that's it. She's that ruthless. <laughs> Tracy Flick is that ruthless. And then she knows her husband's gay. Before all this happened, she was like, whatever. Let's just keep up appearances. I don't care, do what he yeah. wants. Maybe now, maybe now she's so desperate to bring Chris Klein down that she tells her husband to seduce him mm-hmm. to kind of ruin his reputation, basically. Mm. And so that's what he does. And then Chris Klein's so nice and sweet and clear that so he's just like, okay, sure, why? <laughs> and then they end up having an affair. But then I guess that's not going to look good for Tracy Iver if her husband has left her for a man. Like...
0: No, it's not, is it? No. Mm. Ah no, Because maybe it's a way of just taking out the competition mm-hmm. and just like her husband publicly... He, he's left her and he's run off and Chris Klein's no longer part of the election anymore. Mm-hmm. And so he's just out of the running, basically. Oh. And so she's got an open election and she can just take. Okay, yeah, that would work. Or maybe... And then she runs an election of just like, men are shit, this is what men do. Mm-hmm. And then all the women vote for her.
1: Yeah, that could work. So, yeah, actually, maybe that's it. So her husband has an affair with Chris Klein and then it all comes out. And she's initially humiliated because her husband, all the press know that her husband's gay. But or maybe,
0: maybe Chris Klein doesn't even leave the election, and it's, mm. and it's just like, "Hey, look, this is how bad men are. This mm. is also how bad gay people are. <laughs>
1: we're all awful." Yeah, I mean that ticks like all the boxes. Sure, sure everybody's sure.
0: going to vote for it now because that's all of Americans, right?
1: Well, that's what I was. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. Maybe women we, we, or heterophobes.
0: Yeah, heteroph- homophobes. Oh, I meant homophobes that time. I thought you did, yeah.
1: Yeah, sorry, thank you. You've really hung up on the heterophobe. It's not a thing, Harry.
0: I've made up a word, and I'm very happy with myself. Okay, fine.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> and it applies <laughs> to sure, you. Sure. Well, how would you know? That's uh, Republic. Yeah, so, okay, so, yeah, so her husband, I think Tracy Flick's husband has an affair with Chris Klein. It becomes exposed. Yeah, but then Tracy Flick is painted as the victim in the whole situation because, like, she's just a good, hard-working mother mm-hmm. whose husband had an affair with Chris Klein's character. And so, yeah, she ends up finally, finally on the right side of public opinion because everyone feels sorry for her. And she wins the election and finally rises to power. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I guess the credits roll.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Yeah. No, that sounds good. Not my most inspired idea ever. Okay. Was there a title for it? Uh, Becoming Tracy Flick. But I might need to change that. I don't know if it's really. I don't know. What's a good election style kind of? We can't we re- we can't revisit House of Cards. We've done it too much. Flick twenty nineteen. Flick twenty nineteen. Yeah. Well, it'd be Flick twenty twenty technically. No. Yeah. Flick, yeah. twen- Flick twenty twenty could work. Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah, that works. Great. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, okay. So um, that's election. I guess we should move on to listener submissions. Yeah, totally. So, Connor Crehan said, election two, Russian collusion. Nice. Yeah. Uh-huh. Joshua Williams said, election two, election boogaloo. Oh, I was waiting for that one. That's a good one. Yeah. Solid pun work there, Joshua. Yeah. Ross Eyde said, election two, she's not happy with Trump, but she's still working for him. Great. So, she's like one of those people who like works for Donald Trump and yeah. mm. just has to get on with it. So, yeah, very mm-hmm. good. Isaiah Han said, surely the title has got to be re-election. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. Laura Oliver Atchison said, Impeachment, the downfall of Tracy Flick. So <laughs> nice. It's impeached. Yeah. Mm, so she just gets a present, but it doesn't last. Mm-hmm. Ryan Klemer said, Election 2, Electoral College. Ooh, very good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Ollie Brady said, Election 2, Referendum. Very good. Dan Costa had a bit of a long idea. So this is Election 2, Make Carver High School Great Again. <laughs> it's the present day, and Tracy has done very well for herself. She started a start-up business and then sold it for a tidy sum of money. Mm -hmm. And now she's devoted her time to raising her twin boys. So I guess she's given up her political career. Yeah. Become a family woman. To her dismay, they are not as driven as she had been in her high school years. They'd rather chase elderly neighbours with drones than participate in school elections. Tracy finds some inspiration, though, in a young girl named Patty, who she meets while attending a PTA event. Mm Mm-hmm. She's driven, smart, and running for school president, so Tracy takes her under her wing and starts falling into some of the same unethical behaviour that had lain dormant since she was back in high school. This is an issue for the girl who genuinely wants to do the right thing. Will Tracy conform to an ethical approach? Will Patty be the first sophomore school president? And whatever happens to Jim McAllister? You'll have to find out this summer, in election two, and make Carver High great again. So Mm -hmm. I guess that's Tracy meets a young girl who was about her age in the first film, and Mm -hmm. I guess... Kind of pulls you over to the dark side, potentially. I guess, yeah. yeah. Very good, yeah. very good. Uh, Derek Mertz just said, Matthew Broderick dies and everyone laughs. <laughs> Harsh, <laughs> but sure. Yeah, great. Right. At Contrarian Prime, the Contrarians said, uh, "There's no. this is on Twitter now, there's no way that the sequel would not involve Reese Witherspoon running for president of the United States and Broderick having to decide if he'll campaign for or against her, with a special cameo by Alec Baldwin playing her Trump-esque opponent. Very good, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Obviously, mm. Alec Baldwin has experience there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, and uh, Vice Chair twenty fourteen didn't have a sequel, but he did point out this film came out in nineteen ninety nine, and then the, t- the two thousand U S. election pretty much basically mirrored the entire plot of the film. <laughs> which I think two, I think two thousand might be the one where there was a recount. So yeah, um, there was American. I can't remember it was two thousand or two thousand four, but one of George Bush's elections hmm. was really close, and then there was a recount that, in which he won, obviously. Hmm. And people to this day claim that it was rigged. So right. I mean, who knows the truth? So sure, interesting. This film, um, very prophetic. Yeah. Mm. And also was that uh, Bush and Gore? Yeah, I think it was Bush Gore. Yeah. yeah, So I think that was two thousand. I, I can't. remember who Bush ran against the second time mm. in two thousand four. But crikey. Yep. Anyway, there we go. Uh, so yeah, this this film preempted that and also predicted, I guess, the career and career downfall of Hillary Clinton. So very yeah, very prophetic film. Yeah. Okay. Very good. So thank you everybody for those sequel ideas. We ask for your listener submissions every week a few days before we record by puzzling posts out on Facebook and Twitter where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. So just search for Beyond the Box Set on Facebook and Twitter. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, all of which you can also leave a five-star review, which we both free to lighten our moods on our post-episode hangovers. It's a thing. Yeah, it absolutely is do have to tell me that. We're also available on Patreon, which is exclusively for the people who would rate us more than five stars if they could. So if you think you're one of those, you can find all those links in the description below or at beyondtheboxset.com. And Harry, next mm-hmm. week, we are beginning a new season.
0: We are. So um, actually, it's kind of thematic in a, in a similar sense right now that, well, we put this to a vote to all our listeners. Mm-hmm. Because it's our Halloween season, we do this every year. Mm-hmm. We say, hey listeners, what do you want us to do? And this time we give given the option of ghosts, zombies, or vampires. Because in the past we've done werewolves and... Witches. Witches, yes. Yeah. So those are all that. We're never going to come back to those again. No, nope. not anytime soon. Nope, unless we go for many, many years, which... I don't know. I that's hope so. Mm. Anyway, it's been a close one. Okay. Uh, so there were 26 votes in total. No, wait, there were more than that. There were 34 votes in total. Mm-hmm. Seven votes went to zombies, mm, okay, so we're not we're not doing zombie movies oh, this year. Another year, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The remaining votes are thirteen and fourteen. It was that wow. close.
1: Wow, this is really down to the wire. Yeah, and um, I did not. You didn't throw chain, two away. No. no,
0: I I didn't do anything. Okay, yeah, I'll trust you. Uh, so thirteen goes to ghosts and fourteen goes to vampires, which oh, so means seems we're doing a vampire season. Hooray! Yeah, right. so. I get the first pick this year um, yeah. for whatever reason I think that we're probably going to do two each we'll probably we'll squeeze in a Patreon episode and maybe something else we don't know sure we'll figure something out yeah but, but anyway next week um, I'm going to kick us off with a big one one that's been on my list for a while it is Taika Titi's What We Do in the Shadows Oh, good fun good fun mm. excellent okay I know that we've both seen this before and last yeah. time we saw it you didn't like it so I'm interested to see what you think now
1: did I dislike it? yes you did I can't remember disliking it I remember you disliking it was that not when I broke my shoulder was I not just in a generally bad mood? Maybe, yeah. yeah, yeah I no. think it was just yeah. generally grouchy. Like, yeah, that
0: does sound right, actually. But but mm. yes. Okay. I will try to like it more. It's one of those things that you just had an irrational, passionate hate for. I don't remember that at all, but if you say yeah. so. I... <laughs> yeah, you didn't enjoy it till. Okay. Well, I'm glad you brought it up. And I found it really weird, because I was like, this feels
1: great. Okay. Well, I will do my best to approach it with an open mind. Yeah.
0: Well, we'll discuss it all more next week, I imagine. So that's the end of not being on a season for a while, which I... Tell you, it's gone really quickly. It, it feels really like well, yesterday we were doing Stephen King.
1: Packed up a lot of guest episodes in between, so we've not had a lot of like just the two of us time. So true, true.
0: Yeah. So please do join us next week. We'll be doing what we do in the Shadows to kick off our Halloween vampire season. Indeed.
1: That was my uh, vampire noise. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. Cool. Well, Great. thanks a lot. Join us next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.
3: about this stupid election.